Welcome to the Unconventional Path, entrepreneurship and innovation stories and ideas. Hello, I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. Today, we are joined by Sam Holmes. Sam is a solo sailor and has a major YouTube video presence as well. He's a person that I've watched on YouTube a number of occasions. He makes some great videos. So in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how he got into the YouTube business and is that really a viable business model uh, to be able to uh, allow you to, to follow your passion and at the same time uh, make a living at it so that you can keep following your passion. So we had a great conversation, Mike. Yeah, Bela, two of your favorite things in the world combined into one conversation, sailing and entrepreneurship. I can't wait. This sounds great. Let's get right to the interview. Okay, listeners, uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I'm with uh, Sam Holmes. Uh, Sam Holmes is uh, an interesting person who has a YouTube channel and uh, has a pretty successful YouTube channel with, uh, when it comes to YouTube channels. And uh, I thought today we can talk a little bit about sort of how YouTube works, uh, how that works as a business model, because uh, Sam is quite the entrepreneur, uh, because what he does sort of full time is he sails in various different parts of the world. For, for example, this past summer, uh, this past year, I should say, he started down in Florida and sailed all the way up to Maine and then back down to North Carolina. And he documented that on YouTube. And uh, so he's he's. Uh, that's one of the ways that he generates revenue. So welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So how did you how did you get into the YouTube thing? What sort of inspired you to do that? Um, it was I don't know, I guess it was I was kind of like stumbled on it, I guess. I was kind of making the videos more to document what I was doing with and I, I thought some people I like friends and family might be interested in it. And, uh, I had always didn't really realize there was, I knew like some people are making money on it, but I thought you needed like a bazillion views. Um, but then the Hawaii video I did when I sailed from LA to Hawaii started really taking off. So I turned on, I was able to turn on the monetization feature yeah. on my YouTube channel. And, um, it was cool cause you can see like how much money you're getting from the, the ads and stuff. So I was kind of kept on making some some videos because I was just getting enough money that was kind of worth it to keep posting them. But also my family liked them too. So like, I don't know, maybe I was, I'd get like a hundred bucks from a video. Yeah. And, uh, I would also get kind of, I was also just kind of meeting people that watched the videos and, you know, give me a shower or like, you know, a meal or something. It was kind of, it was kind of cool to meet like local people. Then that kind of came about to some connections through the videos. Yeah. Uh, but then as it kind of continued to grow, um, I got, so I was recommended to get a Patreon account because some people wanted to contribute money. Um, so then that kind of expanded my like revenue from the videos a little more. And then that kind of motivated me to keep making them even when the, cause YouTube is so like volatile, like how much money you're going to get. Like you could get, you know, $5,000 one month and then just no mon money at all the next and so uh, for like you know and it will like just be hardly anything for like six months and then a video will take off and you'll get you know another couple thousand dollars and so it's like i don't know it's it's kind of hard to plan on but with a patron you get kind of like however many people are signed up it seems like they they tend to stick around for a little bit i mean they, sure they leave and come and go as the you, know, you get more or less popular on youtube uh but that was kind of 
that kind of kept me doing videos. And then every once in a while, you get you get like a, like a bump in revenue. But I don't know. I, I kind of saved up enough to do all my um, my sailing stuff for a couple of years, just living real cheap on the boat. Uh, so this is all the YouTube kind of as a business has just kind of been a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has, and I think it's it's allowed me to kind of. Uh, I don't know, do more stuff with sailing that I wouldn't have and uh, make make the videos. And uh, it's probably, yeah, it's changed a little bit what I'm, I'm doing probably. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I would have kept doing it if I didn't have the, the YouTube thing. So it's cool because you can like make money when you're not at, you know, you don't have to be locked down to any office or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was just looking at your YouTube channel. And uh, you're mm-hmm. sailing, solo sailing from L.A., Los Angeles to Hawaii has 3.4 million views. And uh, that's a lot of views where most of your other videos are, you know, 10,000, 20,000, maybe 30,000. There's a couple of them that, that are, are bigger than that. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's still pretty impressive if you have, uh, you know, I, I have nowhere near that number of listeners on this podcast. So... Uh, you know, the, the number of people that are watching the, the videos that you're making is, is pretty significant. Now, yeah, it's, it's weird to think about that many people seeing my little yeah. videos. Yeah. And, and now Patreon, which you described, if, if I understand that correctly for in that, uh, people sort of pledge that they will, uh, contribute uh, a certain amount of money for each video you produce. Is that correct? Um, so I think you can set it either that way or just per month. And mine, I think the default was per month, so that's what mine is set I see. at. Um, but I'm trying to do a video twice a week, just kind of as a goal for myself. And uh, it seems to have helped the growth of the channel quite a bit. It's really hard to keep up with. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like a personal challenge, and we'll see how long I can keep up with it. Uh, I, had, I had a little bit too much of a back roll of footage, too. Um, but they had this, the channel had kind of staggered and then I did that twice a week, um, thing and, uh, started to pick up again. So yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, putting out two videos a week is a lot cause I, I do one, I have two separate podcasts and in each of those podcasts, mm-hmm. we do one episode a week. So I'm doing two episode, two podcast episodes a week, but I think it's, it's mm-hmm. degrees of magnitude easier to do a, just an audio only show. Because when you put video in, how much time do you spend on, you know, if you're doing a a 10 or 15 minute video, how much time does it mm-hmm. take for you to put put that together? Um, like the 10 to 15 minute ones, maybe, maybe three, three hours mm-hmm. to do it. I, I've kind of got a formula for the sailing ones, you know, because I've done a, a lot of them recently. And I try to, I try to shoot it kind of so... I don't have to edit it much. It's all, you know, kind of sequential. And I try to like make the cuts with the record button. Yes. Uh, so then I can maybe get those out in an hour and a half. Uh, but I'm kind of having to re relearn a, how do I do a project video? Cause it's, it's not quite as sequential, right? Cause I jump between different projects and then it can take a long time. And then the other ones that take a long time are the longer videos. Like when I end up with like three hours of footage instead of 20 minutes of footage. Mm. And it's like, it's hard to edit. I edited it on my phone. It's just kind of hard to, to work through all that. And it's, and sometimes I have to move sequences around and incorporate a GoPro and, or a drone footage. That stuff really 
it takes a lot of time. It's in it if I want to add a music too. So I try to keep my videos if I can. It's really simple um, and not too flashy. And I think some, I think I've kind of got like an audience that kind of appreciates some of the simplicity and not trying to build it up or exaggerate things. Um, I think that's kind of what I, I aim for. But I, I do. I'm always trying to improve. I think my videos have gotten better. Well, it's still staying with that kind of simple. Yeah. Just just shot on my iPhone and edited. It's pretty simply together. Yeah. So really, you 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 shoot and edit them on your phone. Yes. There's a, every once in a while, if it's like an underwater shot, I'll use a GoPro. Yeah. Um, but other than that, or, the, or a drone shot, a drone shot here and there. But other than that, they're mostly just shot on my iPhone. Um, and then I I like to just edit on the phone too because then I can do it anywhere and I don't have to transfer the footage around. Yeah. And, uh, the, I've, the I've movie editor is actually pretty good. It's, uh, you can, you can do quite a bit and it's, 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 it seems to be faster to edit a video on my iPhone than like a, a medium power computer to really edit efficiently. I think you need a very powerful, yeah. like laptop computer or, or just computer that's like more powerful and like, most, I think most laptops kind of struggle, in my experience. It's just a little bit easier to do it on the phone. Yeah, oh, very nice. I, I think you're probably one of the few people who do it that way. And, you know, there's some other sailing channels that I watch, uh, YouTube channels that I watch, and some of those are getting to be pretty elaborate productions with, with uh, you know, all sorts of fancy camera angles and fades and music. And, yeah. You know, you could tell. I could just imagine that would take, lot, you know, yeah, 12 lots, hours, six yeah, hours. Lots, and lots of, of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, so, and I kind of have to think about it as like, I don't want that to overtake my, you know, the, the travel and stuff I'm doing. I'm, it's like a secondary thing. Yeah. So just and, uh, the shooting, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much able to shoot the video and it doesn't slow me down too much with what I'm doing or getting in the way. And I want the editing to be that same way. Yeah. And I think if I just keep the, you know, restrain myself to not have to, you know, I have, a, I have to give myself kind of a time limit to get it done in and, uh, means of shooting i can still make the videos eventually you know better maybe i can get to that quality but still but get to there because i've gotten more proficient at you know the skills of doing it yeah and not adding the time or the extra gear yes now you said that that youtube and patreon are sort of bonuses uh you know kind of extra money if you will you're you're not dependent upon them and because you saved up uh, enough money to to kind of take some time off and and go sailing full time so what were you doing before uh, before you did the sailing thing? I worked at Disney Imagineering in California, and we that's the company that does the uh, the the rides. And I worked on projection systems there, okay, uh, like projection mapping. When we projected on a regular surfaces or used multiple projectors blended together, um, I did a bunch of different stuff there. But that was kind of the um, the bulk, the most, most of the stuff I did that and kind of laser scanning and 3d mm -hmm. modeling kind of stuff. Okay. So, so you, you, a technically savvy person, uh, who probably had a reasonable paying job and, and you were able to save up some money so that, that you could, uh, uh, take your, your sailing, uh, seriously and full time. And you've been able to supplement that income with, with YouTube and Patreon. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was still like to do it. I had to do it, you know, on a pretty, you know, like that's a low budget sailing, right? It's not like a, a big boat. I started on a twenty-three foot boat, and now I, my boat is still it's only twenty-eight foot. Yeah. And 
I keep it simple. You don't have radar or a lot of fancy electronics. Um, and I anchor out. Uh, but you can, you can, you can, that being said, you can, you can sail, sail for even less than what I've had. Like I know people that done on this like really, really small budgets and you can still have, get a pretty seaworthy boat if you can put your priorities in the right spot. Um, but yeah, the YouTube has definitely let me make my boat safer, you know, cause I'm like, I see this, the money I'm getting is most of it goes right back into the boat. Um, and, uh, so that's a definitely a great benefit. You know, I have like a little, I can make it a little more comfortable, a little safer, um, and then I could push to the more of the places I really want to go because if the boat is more sound, then yeah. I would feel more comfortable in, in those kind of situations. Get more anchors, um, better better gear, uh, that kind of thing. So are, are you sort of uh, hoping or thinking or uh, maybe planning this notion of seeing if you can, if you can generate a sufficient amount of revenue off of YouTube and Patreon to – to sort of do your sailing adventures uh, uh, indefinitely. Yeah, because like it, right now it can like keeps up. It's enough make enough to just kind of like uh, like you know break even, right? And but the thing with YouTube is like the top end is like crazy high, right? So like if you, it's a, and it's still growing, so I think it could become, you know, you could can make a lot more. And it's I feel like it's versus when I worked at a big corporation, if you put in more work, you didn't really necessarily see like the rewards from it right like you would still have to wait you know whatever next till next year to see if you might get a promotion or you know several years and you don't really get a pay increase and while youtube like the money is like really kind of random somehow it feels like but there's also like a really pretty direct correlation like you're putting out lots of videos and they're something people are interested in right you're going to keep on growing uh, so I like to see like that. That's kind of more, much more satisfying to, to work that way, and it kind of motivates me to keep keep building up the channel because uh, um, I could just see how big it could get. Because there's some really big YouTube channels out there. Yeah, yeah. There's there are some there are some people who get over a million views for every video they do, right? So that that would be a nice a nice yeah. place to get to. People are making millions of dollars a year on it. It's wild. Yeah, it is wild. It is well, and it, and it's it's interesting, right? It's it's a business that didn't exist fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and, and if you think about like how many people watch the videos, you know, it's like I'm getting like twenty thousand views. Kind of like that's kind of like an average for yes. my most my more recent ones, and it's just like um, I don't know. Like if you just if you would just get a few cents for each view, it's like you could be making a lot of money. Yeah, it ad- it adds up quick. It adds up quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if there's other uh, budding entrepreneurs out there who who you know are thinking about, hey, I want to, I want to do some YouTube videos. I want to make a run at it. What uh, what suggestions would you have for them, Sam? Um, I don't know because I didn't really go into it trying to make a YouTube channel big. I just kind of got lucky. But in my experience, it seems like if you were going to try to make a YouTube channel like the way I my channel like. As that was your goal to make a YouTube channel that like was able to get some ad, it would be a pretty horrible like plan if you didn't love sailing like already, right? Because like, it's, I think that some of the passages I do and stuff, it's not like if you were forced to do it, if you were just trying to do it to make the YouTube money, uh, it wouldn't be worth it at all. Like I would, right. I would be much better off making money just working at a even like a low paying job would probably be better than you know the, where yeah. the YouTube channel's at. Yeah. But if I but thinking of it as doing something that like I'm passionate about and just like 
getting, you know, compensated on top of it a little bit for sharing the, what I'm already doing. I think about it that way. I'm like, you know, the YouTube money is just from like doing the sharing part of it. Then I think it's worthwhile and like um, using it to kind of network also with with people you might not have other been able to meet. Uh, but like if you wanted to probably do it as just a money making thing, it's probably better off just like, well, if you have something passionate about that would be good. But like, I think like I see people doing YouTube videos about just like they're just talking, you know, or like what filming themselves playing video games. Those right. are like there's a lot more yeah, like, uh, lucrative kind of stuff than probably like the sailing videos. So I, I don't really know. I haven't really done, you know, try, tried to do that. Um, but that, that's, but, uh, that you're, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam. No, I, I got lost in my thought. What were you going to say? I was going to say the, the good advice, the, the good piece of advice there is, first of all, you got to have something you're passionate about. And, and YouTube is sort of the kicker or the bonus. Uh, it can't be yeah. the main thing, right? Because people also, they'll kind of know if you're like enjoying what you're doing. Like, you know, like, I think that's kind of like just seeing someone do something that they're like into, even if maybe you're not that interested in the topic. Sometimes that's enough to kind of help you build some subscribers. Um, I think some people kind of just like my, you know, enthusiasm for sailing. Yeah. So let me ask you one other question and then we can wrap this up, Sam. So in mm -hmm. YouTube, you're sort of opening up your life to, you know, thousands of people. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you think about where you draw the line as to sort of, you know, how much you open up your life to how much you keep private? How do you, how do you kind yeah, of, yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of think about that. Yeah. How do you I kind of do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it's just kind of what you're comfortable with. You got to be careful about because people will sometimes they'll show up at your boat, you know, and it's a little bit, a little bit weird. It hasn't been anything bad, but there's definitely some really weird comments you see on the videos. So I try to always turn off my my GPS tracker when I'm coming into a port. Mm -hmm. Um, just uh, just to kind of make it so those kind of situations that could happen, you know, don't give them a chance to. Yeah. Um, but then again, I do have like volunteers come out and it's all, it's been, I think it's really helpful, you know, like say, Oh, can I have some volunteers that want to help out with the boat? And like, usually everybody, you know, has a good time and gets something out of it. Um, but I guess it, you know, you could might have to be careful if we get like the channel bigger because lots of people are interested in helping and there's some weird people out there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I watch your videos and, and I, I know you have a health condition and, and you sort of shared some of that. Uh, on YouTube with your with your uh, audience, and I think some of those things that you know you sort of open up that uh, a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. I think it it strengthens the connection uh, that you develop with your sort of you know uh, uh, people that are really interested because they start to know you right. All of a sudden, it's more than yeah. just watching some person sail around or or do whatever. It's oh, I'm I'm starting to connect with Sam. I know more about Sam. I uh, you know, and, and, and you're still, yeah, people feel like they know me, you know, like even when they meet me and I don't know them. Right. Um, right. So it's kind of weird, but I've, just, I've gotten used to it and I'm, it's, I'm just fine with it. Uh, but yeah, the, like the vet video I posted, it seemed to like kind of resonate with people like to kind of learn something a little bit more about me. And, uh, they, they definitely, you get a lot more comments and engagement with those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to post that just because I, I know some people that have like the condition maybe haven't gotten out and done as the, you know, like they maybe are, don't, or maybe 
uncomfortable with it, the idea of it or nervous or something. Maybe it could like help someone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, maybe because I haven't really let it kind of get too much in the way of what I was doing. Um, and then I guess it, it kind of went even beyond that, you know, kind of people learned about the condition and that was like something that, you know, that they didn't know about. So um, it kind of had more benefits than I even thought it would. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So I was happy I posted it. I did, it did feel a little bit weird. I wanted to post the video because I had never hide it. I had that condition or the ostomy bag. Yep. Um, but then I get when it came to actually posting it, yeah, it did feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, oh, I don't know if I it just goes kind of had to like force myself to do it. I knew I wanted to do it, but like I, it, it was not, I did, it wasn't going to happen unless I just made myself yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, I, I always find it very inspiring uh, to see individuals. Uh, who who have some things that make their life much more difficult than my life, and 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 they're doing things that I'm doing, and oftentimes they're doing things more than I'm doing, and and they're doing mm. them well, and I find that very inspirational. So I mean, when I saw that you posted that video, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know Sam had that," and he's doing all these mm. things, and he's sailing his boat, you know, long passages, etc. Go, holy smokes! It it sort of uh, what was for me at least, it was more inspirational and motivating mm-hmm. than sort of your if i didn't know that right it's sort of it sort of was like wow it really it really made your video special for me yeah oh yeah yeah i guess that's, that's a good point yeah um well super I, I suppose like that's kind of part of the motivation you know like it had that kind of thing happen it's just like oh you better do the stuff you know now then sooner, yes. sooner than later right so that that was kind of the reason i think so i think a lot of people have kind of health things happen um or or do cool things like they had some kind of you know thing make them realize you know that you needed to kind of get out there and do the things you want to do now because you might not be able to that's right that's that's well said sam because you never know as my wife and i often say to each other you know enjoy enjoy the the moment because you never know and we're both in our late 60s and uh Mm -hmm. you know we've had a lot of people that we've known who whose life changed drastically and all of a sudden there was things they couldn't do. So uh, I think that's great advice. It's a great way to end the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, I really appreciate it, Sam, and sharing some of your, your YouTube uh, savvy with us. Is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't or anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, no, that's about it. I guess if you want to follow my channel, it's uh, Sam Holmes Sailing. I'm on Instagram and YouTube. Yep, and I will put all of those things in the show notes so people can find you. I, they're great videos. I love watching them. Uh, Sam is very inspirational. And and like you said, they're not overproduced. You know, they're, they sort of have this earthy earthy sort of element to them, which, which I find refreshing. So it's a pleasure having you on the show, Sam. Thank you very much. All right, you bet. Bela, great interview. Sam was really an interesting person. What a story. I mean solo from LA to Hawaii. I can't imagine doing that, which is, which is just quite an accomplishment and really cool. Um, but then the whole business idea that he's kind of launched, this is really neat too. So, you know, tell me a little bit, let me pick your brain on this. You've met some solo sailors, you know, you've done some sailing yourself, not so much solo, I know, but, um, and you've met also some people who use social media as a way to kind of share their passion and, uh, sometimes make a little money off it, which is fine. Have a, have a business around it. Um, kind of similar to podcasting, right? Um, let's start with the sailing part. What motivates people to sail solo from your point of view? Well, that's, that's a great question, Mike. 
you know, I, I think it, there's a lot of activities that you can look at and, and that, I mean, there's hiking. Some people like to hike solo. Some people like to hike in groups of two or three or four or five people. Some people like to run solo. Other people like to run in groups. So I think there's lots of activities that we do, uh, sometimes social and sometimes work-related, that you either find yourself alone or you find yourself uh, in groups of of individuals. And I think, you know, there's social aspects to it, of course, and we tend to be social animals, most of us at least. Uh, But I think I think there's some interesting characteristics that that I kind of think about, about solo hikers, sailors, runners, uh, whatever. And that is this, this sense of independence. Uh, You know, you you can sort of get up in the morning and you can decide what you want to do. And there's also this sort of uh, self-reliance. When stuff happens, you have to figure it out yourself. There's, there's no one else there to help you figure it out. You know, whether you're, you're hiking and, you know, a piece of equipment breaks or the trail you're on isn't working out well, the same types of things happen in sailing, right? Equipment breaks all the time. The weather turns crappy and it's, it's, and you have to figure it out. And I think when you get through those things, there's a huge feeling of accomplishment. I think if I reflect back on my my own life, many of the things that, that I uh, felt a great sense of accomplishment from are getting through difficult challenges and when you got through those difficult challenges because you're the one who sort of figured out and persevered and drove through it. And the reason we have something like this on an entrepreneurship podcast is because I think all of these characteristics are the same types of characteristics that entrepreneurs have, right? They, they, they have a lot of self-confidence. They have a lot of self-reliance. They're driven. They want to accomplish things. And I think a lot of these characteristics are similar. And uh, so that's why I think this is sort of an interesting story. How about you, Mike? What are your thoughts on something like this? Well, I avoid challenges. <laughs> and I and I try not to put myself at risk. Um, so yeah, this is just completely foreign to me, in all honesty. Um, and I mean, I've chosen my life and my career to really be with people, and even my hobbies and things like this are typically more social. So yeah, yeah it's just it's just not my thing, and I'm okay with that. Like I respect people who do it totally, right but it's just not my thing. Yeah, but but I understand the solo piece, right? And that's just in your nature. That's in your genes or your makeup. But the th- notion of risk, right? What's risk to one person is not risk to a different person. I mean, look, you left your tenured position at a university in New York in the United States and moved to Germany, right? For some people, that's freaking crazy risk. And you did that. But for you, eh, that was part of, you know, you, you sort of managed that. So you got, you got to think people who do solo hikes, solo sales, climb mountains by themselves. They think about it the same way. They're very well prepared for the most part, because if they're not well prepared, they don't last. The same thing is true with an entrepreneur, right? They're the successful entrepreneurs that I've come across in my life have always been well prepared, right? And as one one of the people that I knew and I respect greatly, who was on the, on the podcast, Mike Wachholder, 
uh, he once said, and I, I don't think he coined this phrase, uh, but he said, it's amazing how lucky you are when you're well prepared. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. And it is. And, and risk is, there's a lot of perception about it. And it's, it's right. Risk is also a socially constructed kind of a concept, right? That's and right. And how, how you proceed to be judged by others when you do something and what your support network looks like and things like this. But I, 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 I think that it's a cool comparison to look at, okay, I'm going to be, do something like so sailing solo or mountain climbing or, you know, I mean, any of these things takes a tremendous amount of skill and preparation. And yeah, I think starting a small business, you can, you can kind of luck your way into it. I mean, it's not so much life or death for most people. I mean, you might go bankrupt um, and, and lose some money. Um, whereas if you sail or you're rock climbing and you make a mistake, it really can, can be fatal. Um, so I think the stakes are a lot lower if, for starting a small business. Um, but, but yeah, I think the amount of organization, having a vision, having a mission, um, having a support network, all those things I think are really in common with these two. But let's, so let's, let's kind of switch over to the business side a little bit. And okay, so Sam created a video channel, uh, puts together these pretty cool videos and generates revenue from that and supports himself this way. Um, what do you think the differences are between doing something like what you and I do, which is a podcast and creating a video channel like Sam does? Well, I, I think, uh, there's a couple things that are the same. Both of them are relatively new mediums that the public can participate in. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, you basically had to work in radio or you had to work on TV uh, to be able to have your voice heard by, by many folks. So that's, that's no longer true. Now, podcasting is sort of you know on-demand radio uh, where anyone can have a microphone. And YouTube is, is on-demand video where anybody can hold a camera and record stuff. So it opens up the medium to, to anyone. So I, I think that, that's a great thing. Uh, YouTube uh, has, has a built-in mechanism for monetization. And uh, if you opt in, uh, you can monetize once you get to about 5,000 views per month. Uh, last time I looked, this is what sort of the, the, the trigger point was. Once you get 5,000 views per month, then Google will start to monetize that for you. And, you know, since Google controls the whole YouTube ecosystem, uh, they control the ads, they run the ads, they take some of the revenue, and they share some of that revenue with you from the advertisers. That's fundamentally how it works. And um, in, in podcasting, interesting enough, is much more uh, decentralized. There are multiple, multiple podcast hosts, i.e. the companies that, that host this podcast. Um, we use Anchor. Um, and so, so there's not sort of a built-in monetization mechanism, uh, although they're starting to sort of figure that out, right? So the question here for these businesses is the YouTube model sort of a monopoly. Uh, Google controls it. They monetize it fairly well. But if they change their mind, you know, uh, everyone kind of has to live by it. Whereas podcasting is much more sort of decentralized. And I don't know which one's better. Time will tell w w which ones will, will survive. Um, but I think the, the other interesting thing is, uh, oh, let me just talk about one other thing. The other difference is video is, I think, an order of magnitude more complex to produce decent videos. 
um, than it is to make decent audio. I mean, I think our audio podcast, and this is my own opinion, but the ones that you and I do is, you know, not, not bad. We have, we've had a lot of people listen to these things. Uh, we're pushing 20,000 on this, this uh, unconventional path podcast series. And, you know, it takes us uh, two or three between recording the guest, you and I recording and me doing the editing. I probably invest uh, four to five hours per episode total to get that sort of done. And I think in, in, to do a, a 20 minute YouTube video, it's, it's more like 30 or 40 hours of time if you listen to most folks. Now, I, I will say it's interesting how Sam got into this. He decided to sort of record, if I remember correctly, his trip from L.A. to Hawaii just to sort of record it. And YouTube is a great way to share stuff with friends and family. Uh, in my family circle, we share home videos with each other using YouTube as sort of the free space that we can, we can share them and anyone can access them within our family circle. So that's what Sam did. And then he noticed other people were watching him. And if, and if you look at his video that he made from his trip from, from L.A. to Hawaii, uh, he's had over a million people watch that video. And he sort of did it not with the intent of getting into this business. And then he started getting checks. <laughs> and he said, hmm, this is interesting. So then he started uh, doing videos. Once he, he came back from Hawaii and he bought another boat, he started doing videos of, of, of those. Now, those have a lot less views. They have more in order of you know, fifteen to 20,000 views per video. But again, that's in the threshold, and he's making some money. Um, I think in podcasting, it's much more difficult to make money. Yeah. And he had some skills going into it, right? I mean, he had this, right. the, 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 the degree and the background in, uh, if, you know, I forget exactly what it was, but some kind of technical visual arts, right? And he was yeah, working he, for Disney doing, doing that stuff for them. So he had this kind of creative right. mindset, right? That's right. That's right. It's a, it's a lot more work, you know, and, and uh, as with any creative medium, it, it, it's, it's more work than you think it is. But the other interesting thing is that it's really easy to get into, but also there's a lot of competition, right? So the, the cream rises to the top, as they say. Um, but I think, I think this is a great example of sort of other opportunities to channel one's creativity, and you can do it in an entrepreneurial way. There are clearly, there's some sailing, sailing videos that I watch, sailing channels that I watch, where folks get well over 100,000 views per episode. So those folks are making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue from doing their YouTube videos. And if you listen to them, they'll tell you, they'll, it's a full-time job. I mean, they're doing one video a week, <laughs> you know, and they're spending 30 hours, 30, 40 hours a week <laughs> shooting, editing, putting these things together. Um, so, but it's a way for them to sort of live this lifestyle, right? I think it's a great opportunity if you want to live a, a lifestyle, a certain lifestyle, and if you can figure out how to, how to monetize that, that's a great way to doing it. But these people are the unicorns. I mean, there's way more people doing this and either not making any money or just making some pocket change. Yeah, that's kind of like entrepreneurs, right? There's lots of people who set up these lifestyle businesses and only a few of them, right, make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year or a million dollars a year, make it big, right? I mean, the, the, I think we're, I don't know what the funnel looks like, but it's a funnel. I know that for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. It's a, it's a, it is a funnel. 
and the numbers that actually make uh, you know over a hundred thousand dollars a year, I'll use that number just as a round number. I think are 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 very very few and far between. Um, yeah. So I don't think I think it's like trying to make the NBA or the NHL. You know, being a a junior high school athlete, right? It's a it's a fine goal, but have a plan B, right? It would be kind of my right. advice. But right. I think it's a great way. You can certainly open the door to making that happen, but it's a great way to make a few bucks on the side and cover some of the costs of your hobby, right? If you can do it. But you got, I mean, you said it. It's a crowded space. You got to be doing something that's different. You got to have a hook. I think you also have to work on social media because I think, you know, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to throw it out there. And, you know, like, like Sam got lucky, I think, in some senses, right? That it's some people who were influential originally viewed it and shared it, right? So that it got some, some traction. But I think you really got to work to to Absolutely. to kind of build a presence like that. And and, um, if, and I think you probably got to have a little luck too, you know. And if you listen to most of these folks, it, you know, they said, "Okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to take a year or two or two years off, right? We've saved, we've sold our house, we've sold everything we own, we bought a boat, we're going to go sailing for two years, and then we're going back to our jobs." And mm. during that two years, they they've said, "You know what? We're going to take a run at doing a YouTube channel." whether it be sailing or, you know, mountain biking or whatever, right? Whatever life surfing, right? And they're going to take a run at it. And if it works great, and if they can build a sustainable business during those two years to continue doing that, that lifestyle they want, they'll do it. And if they can't, they go back to their, their previous life. So they have a, they have a, they have a safety net, so to speak. Right. They're not counting on this as their primary income source during that two years. They've got the money right. set aside. They've got everything planned. That's my understanding of this. Yes. Right? I think most, you don't, of, most of them are that way. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend quitting your job and assuming you can make enough money to feed yourself uh, by, by having a YouTube channel, right. And to, to go chase your, your hobby. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't think it's smart. Right. Well, just like anything else, right. You're not, you, you don't quit your job to, to start a, a particular business that you may know very little about. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, if you got the money to burn, great, no problem. And you want to learn that way, that's fine. But right, you want to go take two years off and sail, I say go for it, but have the money up front, right? Yeah. Rather than hoping hoping that you're going to be able to to uh, to patch together. Because the other thing I know too is, and, and you kind of alluded to this, is YouTube changes the rules every now and then. And it changes how it does payouts. And this has been very controversial. Um, same with podcasts, same with any kind of social media advertising scheme. But the, the organizations in power, right, which is Google, who owns YouTube, right, or Facebook on that platform, uh, or um, uh, Twitter, or, or, or any other technological platform, they have all the controls. You are a guest, right? You're not a part owner. That's a big difference between being an entrepreneur when you own your business. And sure, you got to follow laws and there's regulations and things like this, but you can make the decisions. You can decide what price to charge. You can set up your own cost structure, right? And you can kind of figure out the, the revenue streams. If you're dealing with Google or, um, or you're dealing with Facebook, you're actually, you're not in control. And That's you're right. more talent, right, that they're paying, right? And they decide what the contract is. And right. you, like you said, you don't have a lot of choice. You can't say, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to go from Google to Facebook because I can make more money there because they generally imitate each other and they generally, they're not competing. You know, they have the power. They're not competing for who can pay more to talent. That's <laughs> right? Right. It's a race to the bottom, essentially. That's right. That's right. It's like, it's like you manufacture a product and you sell it via Amazon and you're dependent right. upon Amazon to sell your product. And right. Same am story. Same story. Right. We've talked to a couple entrepreneurs that way. And you're at Amazon's 
you're, you know, you, you do what Amazon tells you to do. You have very little control. And, and that's not just, I'm not picking on Amazon. I mean, even pre Amazon no. days, it was distributors, right? Or if sure. you, however, whatever or Walmart, dis- if you sell in, if you sell in right. Walmart, Walmart calls the shots full right. stop end of story, right? whatever your distribution outlet is, you're at their mercy. And, right. and so there's a lot of parallels here. Yep. It's Porter's five forces, right? One of these basic tools that every business student has learned for the last 40 years, right? Or whatever it's been, right? It, it's power of suppliers and power of buyers. And if you don't have, and, and, you know, we teach it in negotiations too. If you don't have power and you don't have a, a BATNA, right? A best alternative to a negotiated agreement, you don't have anything, right? And you're, you're playing the game at some, with, and somebody else is setting the rules. So there's a lot of risk there. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting way to think about this, that, yeah, great side gig. And if you can blossom it into a full-time gig, more power to you. Don't, you know, chase it, go for it, but don't count on it. Be realistic. Yep. But I thought it was interesting. Uh, I thought it was an interesting guest and sort of an interesting view at entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, something we haven't talked about before. Yeah. Oh, no, great story. Great individual story. Great entrepreneurial story. Somebody kind of fell into the whole thing, which is kind of neat, but doing what he loves doing, which, you know, more power to him, right? Yeah. How about we wrap this one up, Mike? Yeah, I think that's great. Listeners, thanks again from the bottom of our hearts for joining us. Uh, We hope that you found this episode as interesting and thought-provoking as we did. If you have questions about what we discussed today, please feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is bela.and.mike at gmail.com. And we do really do appreciate hearing from our listeners. So if you have any ideas or suggestions for guests, Uh, feel free to reach out uh, and send us an email and uh, love to hear from you. So signing off from upstate New York. uh, See you soon, Mike. Thanks, Bela. Sounds great. And from over here in Munster, Germany, off Wiedersehen.